Bros. This is the All Bros Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we are a couple of aspiring filmmakers that love to watch and critique movies, but also enjoy a lot of bit of the nerd life. Uh, today, we are joined by special guest Chad from the Perfect Package Podcast. So what's up, Chad? Hey, hey, hey. How are you? Oh, I'm excited. Can I just say I'm excited? <laughs> <laughs> I am well I mean the topic has me excited but when I found out that you cats are from Utah we're going back to my homeland here <laughs> yeah Utah's so much fun good or bad that, that's my question I, I was I was born and raised out there you whoop whoop um <laughs> left and went to California for several years came back for mm, almost two years and then i moved as far away as possible and i live on the east coast now <laughs> but uh no no it's fine i'm it's wonderful my i still have family there so it's great once they move out then yeah we'll talk um <laughs> but it was really fun though living out there and moving to the east coast because i drove cross country uh once to move out here and then i drove back and then i drove my family out here um so i've been cross country three times and let me tell you if you ever get a chance to go to nebraska don't the uh so i drove a jeep across and that's not the story when i got here uh, i actually initially moved to delaware which it it's idaho without mountains um so I drove three days to end up in Idaho. I pull up into the place where I, at my apartment and I had Utah tags on my Jeep still come to find out that the missionaries live in the same apartment complex. And they just started like migrating across the parking lot as I was get, getting out of my car because I had Utah tags. On. I was oh like, You're from there. <laughs> sorry that's my utah story anyway yeah hi guys that was that, this is what my show's like just a whole bunch of tangents that come right around oh you must be new to our show <laughs> For real, not too new i've listened to a few i i did cherry pick like my favorite movies but it's it's good it's good no i love it i do love it I was like, I was yelling at my radio. I was driving today and I was listening. That's a good podcast. When you start yelling at your radio, that's a damn good podcast. Awesome. That so. makes us feel a little bit better about ourselves. <laughs> we finally made so, it. Hell yeah. yeah. Someone's yelling at us. <laughs> Love it. From across the country. Hell yeah. Um... All right, so today uh, on the podcast, we got some adventures in hunting. We're going to be top talking about three new pop figures. Not a whole lot to talk about, but just some ones we thought were cool. Uh, no Blu-rays, unfortunately. Um, no, it's it's no. very it's very fortunate for me. <laughs> it's very fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this week's sneak peeks, we don't have anything. We got we did get a teaser trailer for the Adams Family two. And they it just looks so good. 
They just it looks so good. Right? I'm so excited to see that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so we're not going to really talk about that just because it was a quick little teaser. Okay, you gotta admit the whole uh, only one year till it gets back to normal, then it turns into abnormal. That was pretty funny. That joke went on a little long. You're just not gonna let me win this one, are you? No, I, why I'm can't not. you be excited for the Adams family too? Can I be excited for you? No, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the answer's no. <laughs> uh, after that. Uh, we're just going to get straight into our main event of the evening, which is going to be the, a breakdown of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Yeah, buddy. Hell yeah. Yes. Hmm? Nothing. Go ahead. Carry <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into it. Let's do it. Hey guys, what's up? This is Donnie, and I host the Adulting with Donnie podcast. And this is not the show to listen to if you're trying to be a better adult. I started this podcast as a way to offload some thoughts uh, that I have throughout the week. My topics vary widely every week. Movies I've seen, guns and gun control, sex, people that are stupid, why I don't care about celebrity opinions, TV shows, snowmobiling. The list goes on and on. I'm always taking topic suggestions from fans of the show, too. So join me each week on Adulting with Donnie as I pour some bourbon and allow you to see the inner workings of the mind of a madman. Live free and rant hard. Alrighty, first up, Adventures in Hunting. We got three new pop figures we're going to talk about. The first one is coming from Disney, and this is the... Is it Box Lunch? Um... I don't know. I wasn't prepared. Rose, pull the... I'm sorry. You sorry. have one job. It exited me out of <laughs> Facebook, okay? Shut up. Yes, it's box lunch. Okay, we have a box lunch... Asshole. Ex- you know what? Get what? you. I'm just saying. A box lunch exclusive papita from the movie Coco. Yeah, so this one's super cool. It glows in the dark. It doesn't have a glow in the dark sticker. It does not. Can you imagine if the chase was the only one that glowed? Dude, that would suck. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, they've done it before. Oh, never mind. Okay, no, it's just a regular glow in the dark. Yeah, uh, the glow is a little bit on the underwhelming side because it's just like some of the face that glows, some of like the yellow on the the snout, I would call it. Yeah, but then the feathers, I don't know what the hell they're called. Scales glow? All of them? Or just the ones on the face? Oh, if it's all of them, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, I might have misspoken. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's kind of cool. That's groovy. I dig that. That one would have made a really good jumbo-sized. Or like I'm a kinda surprised six they, inch or bigger. I'm kind of shocked that they didn't. If we're going for a size proportion with the other Coco Funko Pops. Yeah. Uh, Next up we got... Moving over to the Jungle Book, we got Mowgli with Ka. And this one's freaking sweet. So this is just Mowgli kind of like hypnotized by Ka. Yeah. And pretty sure Ka's like looking at him. I'm pretty sure he Because it looks like his face is like... Pretty sure he is too. 
Oh yeah, that's his, cool. His is hypnotized eyes. Mm-hmm. It's been so long since I've it's been so long since I've seen the Jungle Book. So that might be my least favorite Disney movie. Get Out. What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yikes. What's your favorite Disney movie? Pinocchio. What? What's wrong with Pinocchio? Have you seen how not well that has aged? <laughs> Bitch? It's problematic at best nowadays. <laughs> I mean, true. At least it aged better than Dumbo. But they're... I'll give you that. But they're doing the live action Pinocchio that looks horrifying. <laughs> That's a... Th- oh, no. Uh. You know what? I I feel like Pinocchio is one thing that might-ish work. Okay, it's already been tried twice with live action. Okay, but listen. Could it be as bad as the live action Tom and Jerry they're doing? Oh, that's just... That's that's bad. Fair. That's blasphemy at (laughs) best. Yes, it is. I was going to say it was sacrilege, but, you know, yeah. (laughs) Oh... Yeah. Um, well, going off of apparently Caleb's least favorite Disney movie, it's going to be a very Nico. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, very, very Nico uh, exclusive. I'm assuming that they're brand new because I've never heard of this. Are they store sharing? I, I have no idea. Yeah, because I've never heard of that store or that whatever it is. I haven't either. I'm assuming it's just an online retailer because, yeah, I have never heard of them. I mean, it's cool. Not one I would get, obviously, because I don't really like Jungle Book. <laughs> Next thing you're going to tell me is you don't like Baloo. Baloo's okay. It's just like the movie as a whole I don't care for. Wow. I can let it go if you say you hate the sequel, because the sequel's not that good. But just yeah, wow. th- Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Jungle Book. Anyway. Uh, next up, we got are moving over to Star Wars. There's, I'm not sure if this came out with the last ones that we talked about, but this is another uh, child pop, and this is the child with the egg canister. And for some reason, that doesn't want to pop up for me. Like what the hell? You can tell how You're prepared fired. we get. So I'm trying, okay. <laughs> Kiss my ass, Caleb. Where the hell is it? Okay, off, off memory, Caitlin, what do you remember about the child pop? Oh, jeez. Um, it was in an egg. <laughs> yeah, yep, so, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, so it's the child standing next to like this canister full of like little eggs. Okay, yeah. Yeah, sorry it took me so long. I apologize, guys. For a second, I thought I had the wrong picture. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's yeah, cute. I- yeah, I don't know if this is a spoiler for season two of The Mandalorian. Well, if it is shit, because I still haven't watched one episode of season one. Dude. Dude. <laughs> uh, I know, I suck. Chad, have you watched The Mandalorian? I have. Damn it. <laughs> at, at length. Oh, so good. I feel like, you know, I could say... I've also seen more than second. two uh, Quentin Tarantino movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, you really do listen. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, oh, that is perfect. I did my homework. Caleb, that breathe. is absolute perfection. If you guys have not listened to our Once Upon a Time in Hollywood episode, go don't, check that out. Don't, please. <laughs> oh, freaking love this. <laughs> Listen to it while you drive through Nebraska. There we go. <laughs> perfect road trip. Oh, geez. That's hilarious. <laughs> I don't give a shit who you are. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, I don't know what to tell you at this point to get you to watch Mandalorian. When my when my good buddy JC watches it, considering he's the biggest Star Wars fan I've ever met, I'll, I'll watch it. And he hasn't? No. What the shit? But he also refuses to watch The Rise of Skywalker. Fair. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Uh, I've been making my way through um, the Clone Wars, so I'm that honest. I haven't done. Yeah, that I have a, not done. It's not bad. It's confusing as shit, but it's not bad. Welcome to the Star Wars lore. Yeah, I just don't like how there's like a certain order because it, like, because I've looked up the the watch order for everything Star Wars, and it is confusing as hell. Because, yes, like, you'll it's... see, it, it, you have to watch the Clone Wars movie. Actually, no. There are two episodes that you need to watch before the Clone Wars movie, then the Clone Wars movie, and not, and you know what freaking pisses me off? The two episodes that you need to watch before the Clone Wars movie yeah. aren't even in season one. Oh, that's bullshit. So it's like, season, you have to watch, like, two episodes from season, like, four, I think, <laughs> the movie... Then you can start with like season one, and then it's like a freaking mess from there. Not even the last watch season. Rogue like... One, and then you've <laughs> got to watch New Hope, but you got to fast forward through the credits, and you got to you got to skip the crawl, and then you can watch another movie, but you can only watch twenty minutes of it right in the middle, and then you got to watch three episodes of Clone Wars, an episode of Mandalorian, and then you can go back to the movie you started watching at first. <laughs> And then I, I hate when I see those things. Jedi, right? <laughs> that is like straight up how it feels, though. Yeah. Like I, j- I gave up trying to watch it in like the chronological order, so I'm just like, freaking f it. I'm just gonna put it on autoplay. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, Rose, go check out Mandalorian. Like I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, it's going to become a new thing of the show if you don't freaking get your ass on it. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right, and then that's all we got in Adventures in Hunting. And then, like we said, nothing else to discuss, so we're just going to get straight into our breakdown of Psycho. Woo-woo. Time for the main event. It's main event time. Let's play game. Alrighty. Uh, Psycho, breakdown. I actually yes. I asked a question of the week for this one, um, which I forgot to pull up. Gosh damn it, Caleb. <laughs> but we did get a few responses. So I posted on Wednesday, so yesterday. Um. 
I'm completely blanking. What is your favorite Alfred Hitchcock movie? And we did get a pretty decent number of responses. Um, so let me get into this. So the first response that we got comes from comes to us from the Untrained Eye at Untrained iPod on Twitter. Uh, they said, I liked Rope because it was the first film that I know of that tried the one-take movie approach. But North by Northwest is my favorite. Ooh, that's a good one. You watched that one? North by Northwest, yeah. Oh, gosh, I haven't... There's a lot of these movies that I haven't seen. I think the only one I've seen is freaking Psycho. And, um, what was it? Ninth grade, I had to take a, uh, film studies class and... Literally the whole semester, all we watched was Hitchcock movies. It was awesome. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So have you seen either Rope or North by Northwest? Yes. All of the above. I love both of them. I'm curious to see what other people have said. And then I'll give you my definitive list (laughs) in no particular order. (laughs) I'm a huge Uh, Hitchcock fan. I'm a like unhealthy hitchcock fan can't say i blame you yeah after the after watching this movie i want to check out like all of his stuff super excited to because i hear that like good things about everything to pick up the uh 4k collection even though i bought the psycho steelbook tempted to pick up the 4k collection of like all of his work for like 60 bucks i think it's so worth it dude that'd be badass yeah I'm a, I'm sure. You only think it's badass because you want the code, right? <laughs> Forget you, asshole. Am I wrong though? <laughs> no. Yeah, that's fine. No, not at all. <laughs> but he'll totally take that code though. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only uh, reason why Caleb keeps me around. It's because I give him sometimes. Free, yeah, because I give him free movies. Uh. Okay, next response we got is from Playbuck at Playbuck underscore PH. Uh, Assuming it's he. He said Rear Window is number one. Rebecca, number two. Never seen. And number three, Rope. Rear Window, hands down, is probably my favorite. It's good. That movie's just incredible. (laughs) I had to do that. You had to? Yep, I had to. Mm. It was necessary. Um, well, we got another rear window response from Vandy B at K underscore Vanda Bogart. Uh, she, yeah, she just said rear window is def my favorite. And like I said, I haven't seen rear window, so. You will. I want to. I'm going to. I'm going to go through and see what I can find on streaming for Alfred Hitchcock. And just Caleb watch just, all that. Just wait till I buy the combo pack. It will be in the next like week. <laughs> just wait. Don't don't even try it. Uh. All right. Well, next up we got WWD six seven six one at WWD six seven six one. They said hashtag Vertigo. Okay. Is Vertigo a? I th- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, okay. Vertigo's Vertigo's good too. Vertigo is very, very psycho esque. 
Um, but another another Jimmy Stewart vehicle that he's in. Jimmy Stewart's in a lot of his movies. Hmm. Yeah, another one to add to the list. I'm just gonna add everything Alfred Hitchcock to my list. Minus Psycho. <laughs> Um, and then our last response comes f- from K at Miss K Miss underscore K eighty four. Uh, she said, "This is terrible. I can't pick a favorite." Rebecca Rope, dial M for murder, psycho, to catch a thief. Those may be my top five. You forgot the LOL and LOL. Yeah, come on, man. You got gotta say it like they wrote it. <laughs> Yeah, so the only one out of that list I've seen is Psycho. And I think I might have seen like bits and pieces of To Catch a Thief. You poor uncultured swine. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dude, I've only seen like three Hitchcock movies now, including Psycho. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, this, this is like a freaking repeat of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where you just kept repeating <laughs> the two uh, Quentin Tarantino movies. Yeah, but at least I got some, at least I've actually you know got a one up on you this time. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, like I said, I've seen to catch a th- bits and pieces of to catch a thief. Okay, yeah, but you've technically only seen like maybe two. I've seen three, so I got one up on you, bitch. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that's all the responses. Um, so Chad. Yeah, is. What is your definitive Alfred Hitchcock list? <laughs> uh, in no particular order, I would go with, uh, obviously, Psycho. Vertigo's way up there, rear window, north by northwest. Um, Dial in for murder is another one. Rope, definitely. Rebecca is. <clears throat> it's got Sir or uh, Lawrence Olivier in it. Um, so, you know, old school, awesome acting, but it's for, I think it came out in like the forties. So maybe nine, maybe even I'll go as far as say 1940 and for a 1940 movie, it's fucked up. (laughs) 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 Um, and the birds, of course, the birds is another classic one but oh, yeah um damn it we're tied <laughs> and then there's uh, there's one called saboteur which is like kind of i i'm tr- i'm actually looking right now now to see what year saboteur came out because it, i can't remember oh no that was way back um maybe it wasn't saboteur no it was ver no it was vertigo vertigo and and um psycho is where he really got into that pull focus shot that he does so much in all of his movies is that big uh you know pull focus where it, where the person stays stationary and everything just kind of elongates around them it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> so you know sorry film nerd for a minute <clears throat> no you're right how are you guys doing you doing good <laughs> this, this is a safe place for film nerds okay good that. This is definitely a safe place for film nerds. <laughs> Otherwise, Sorry. we, we I just, wouldn't be here. Like, got yeah, way exactly. into it for a minute there. Now you're good. Um, okay, good. So thank you to everyone that sent in 
a response to our question of the week. We really appreciate it. Um, getting into the breakdown itself, if you are new to our breakdown system, uh, we've split movies into eight different categories that we individually grade to come to an all bros uh, letter grade. So kind of grade it like, uh, like you would in school. Like kind of on that system. I don't want to go back to school. Well, <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Um, so going back to school. Oh, too soon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Two tsunamis, sir. <laughs> so the eight categories that we grade are story, writing, acting, character development, and with this being a horror, we can probably do. Oh, we'll just we'll do logic again. Okay. I mean, it's technically a horror movie, isn't it? That's what Horror they say. slash thriller. Okay, we'll we'll still do the like the logic okay. of it, because character development's a little difficult to do with how many different characters we got. True. Be kind of fun to like see how you could do character development with Norman Bates. That'd be interesting. We'll talk about it. Okay, <laughs> I'm just spitballing there. Uh, then we get into effects. Um, then music, and then our costumes, and then at the very end, we give it a personal grade, and that will bring us to our final score. And then we get the the letter grade and a percentage. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into the story. So Rose is going to read us a synopsis of the movie. If you have not seen this movie. You had a shit ton of a long time to watch it, so this is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Says the two guys that just saw it a week ago. It. <laughs> it's only been out for 60 years. <laughs> We're going to break it down. Sorry. Fucking spoilers. <laughs> so... Before you go into the story, I think it's important to point out that, yes, we are going to spoil the shit out of this movie. When this movie came out, the whole backstory, are you guys getting into the backstory of how it came to be? I'll nerd out for you for a minute and tell you the story. Sit down around a campfire, youngsters. Let me tell you a story about the good old (laughs) days. Um, So let me tell you why I'm obsessed with this movie. And I will go out on a limb right here and say, now, being a child of the 70s and 80s, I saw all the Star Wars movies in theater first run. I don't remember Star Wars because I was like three, but I did see it again before Empire came out. And then I saw Empire and on and on and even the, you know, questionable re-releases in the 90s. But yeah, I saw all of them. Anyway, I've seen Psycho more than any movie out there. Um, when I bought my big TV, when I bought my big 65 inch TV, the first thing I watched on my giant TV on Blu-ray high definition was a black and white movie from 1960, uh, like you do, uh, (laughs) but, um, I grew up, like I said, in Utah and we used to go to California every year and we would go to Disney and we'd go to Universal. And when I was two years old, 
I remember Universal and I remember Universal up to modern day. Um, and that's where it happened. You know, you saw the Bates Motel, you saw the house, even though the house has moved a couple of places on the back lot. So I'm sure it's not the original anymore, but, um, and the TV show gets filmed in Arizona. So it's definitely not the same house. Uh, <laughs> but, but, um, um, let me see if I can bring this up real quick. Um, this is great, great audio for people. I just want to show you guys five years ago, I, I paid high dollars to go on a back lot tour, um, VIP access kind of thing. And when they're taking you around a little golf cart, they says there anything anybody wants to see. And everybody's like, I want to see where they, you know, did this stupid dance scene from the Mindy project or, you know, whatever they're talking all these TV shows and everybody's like, I want to see where they film back to the future. And I'm like, hmm, you know, I've seen that 5 billion times. Um, and I said, I just want a really good picture of the psycho house since I don't have to be in the tram and I'm in a golf cart and dude was awesome. He brought us up and he was going to let everybody walk around. If you've been recently, semi recently, even, um, they've got this, the airplane crash scene from, uh, war of the worlds, uh, the set's still there and they drive the tram through. Um, they parked this golf cart and let everybody walk through this debris from the movie War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise. And uh, the guide was like, here, come with me. And uh, here, let me bring this up for you guys. Everybody else is just daydream here. Um, I don't know which screen it's on. So we might open the, uh, yeah, we're going to open the matrix here. There it is. Um uh, that's me standing in front of the uh, the psycho house, and oh, that's badass. And I literally like teared up. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am at this point. I, I was uh, I was forty one years old. Um, recent, well, not recently. God, it had been you know like six years divorced, and uh, just came through like a horrible like depressive state and uh decided to go to california by myself and go to universal and uh got to get a picture in front of the psycho house and like almost started ugly crying <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was like uh that was like the best moment of my life and if you look close at the picture um um, and I can send you a copy of this if you want to put it on your Twitter or your Instagram, but, um, so people know what the hell we're talking about. Um, if you look in the window, um, uh, Nor Norma Bates is in the window, um, where the curtains are open there, but, uh, <laughs> so cool. oh, anyway, um, yeah. So anyway, so Alfred Hitchcock really wanted this movie and he wanted to keep it a secret. And so it's based on a book and he uh, bought the rights for the book for cheap, like super cheap. And then he sent his assistants out all around everywhere to buy every copy they could find of this book. So nobody knew what the ending was. And <laughs> and then he did no press releases, no screenings and made every theater enforce a if the movie is started you don't go in the theater uh policy and just to keep the ending secret now 
the Hollywood Reporter put out an article that totally spoiled how it ends like three weeks before it came out, but it was before the internet. So you could pull off a stunt like this and actually keep things secret. So anyway, that's it. Now go ahead and your story. Um, but I do want to, that's why this is like super groundbreaking, at least historically filmmaking wise. This is like the first movie where they actually went to lengths to prevent people from knowing, knowing any spoilers going into it. And, and Hollywood Reporter, of course, just fucked it up. But anyway, <laughs> we love them. They're great. Uh, yeah, Hollywood Reporter always seems to uh, do that. <laughs> they were like the TMZ of the 60s. So, Kind of reminds me when um, literally all over social media before end game came out you had the hashtag don't spoil the end game but people still did oh yeah like you like now you just have to avoid being on the internet oh yeah the week of, the week of end game i didn't go on facebook youtube nothing i i had a social media cleanse <laughs> <laughs> yeah the only reason i ever got on was to post shit on our on our yeah. social media yeah, other right. than that i was just like nope not doing it. Like I use direct links. Like I even went as far as like putting in my my computer facebook.com slash the Albros. Smart. That way I would go straight to our page. I did the same thing on Twitter. Twitter.com slash the Albros and Yeah. Like I, I avoided it seeing like the my main feed like the plague. Uh, Alright, so I don't um Alright, so moving on to the plot of uh Psycho. Uh, during a lunchtime trist in a Phoenix, Arizona hotel, real estate secretary Marion Crane and her boyfriend Sam Loomis discuss how they cannot afford to get married because of Sam's debts. After lunch, Marion returns to work when a client leaves a $40,000 cash payment on a property. Marion's boss asks her to deposit the money in the bank and allows her to leave early after complaining of a headache. Once home, she decides to steal the money and drive to Sam's home in Fairvale, California. En route to Fairvale, Marion stops her car on the side of the road and falls asleep. She is awakened the next morning by a California Highway Patrol officer. She is nervous, and the officer decides to follow her. Marion stops at a Bakersfield automobile dealership and trades in her car, which has Arizona license plates, for a new vehicle with California plates. The officer watches her suspiciously as she drives away. During a rainstorm, Marion stops for the night at the Bates Motel and hides the stolen money inside a newspaper. The proprietor... <sighs> Caleb, what's that word? <laughs> Proprietor. Prop- wow. I suck. Reading with Rose. I'm sorry, shut up. The proprietor, Norman Bates, invites her for dinner after check-in. She accepts his invita- invitation but overhears an argument between Norman and his mother about bringing a woman into their gothic home, which sits perched above the motel. Instead, they eat in the motel parlor, where he tells her about his life with his mother, who is mentally ill and forbids him to have a life apart from her. Moved by Norman's story, Marion decides to drive back to Phoenix in the morning to return the stolen money. While in the shower, a shadowy figure stabs her to death. After seeing blood, Norman panics and runs to Marion's room, where he discovers her body. He cleans up the crime scene, putting Marion's corpse, including, unbeknownst to him, the stolen money, into the trunk of her car and sinking it in the swamps near the motel. 
A week later, Marion's sister Lila arrives in Fairvale and confronts Sam about Marion's whereabouts. Private investigator Milton Arbogast approaches them and confirms that Marion is wanted for theft. Arbogast traces the local motels and discovers that Marion spent a night at the Bates Motel. He questions Norman, whose stammering and inconsistent answers arouse suspicion. Norman refuses to allow Arbogast to speak with his mother. Arbogast updates Sam and Lila about his search for Marion and promises to phone again soon. He goes to the Bates' home in search of Norman's mother. At the top of the stairs, a shadowy figure stabs him to death. When Lila and Sam do not hear from Arbogast, Sam visits the motel. Sam sees a figure in the house who he assumes is Mrs. Bates, but she ignores him. Lila and Sam visit the local deputy sheriff, who informs them that Mrs. Bates died in a murder-suicide ten years ago. The sheriff concludes that Arbogast lied to Sam and Lila so he could pursue Marion and the money. Convinced that some ill has befallen Arbogast, Lila and Sam drive to the motel. Norman carries his mother from her room and hides her in the fruit cellar. At the motel, Sam distracts Norman by engaging in a conversation and Lila sneaks inside the house. Norman becomes agitated and assaults Sam. Lila hides in the cellar where she discovers that Mrs. Bates has turned into a mummified corpse. After hearing Lila's scream, Norman, wearing his mother's clothes and a wig, runs to the cellar with a chef's knife. Sam regains consciousness and manages to subdue him. In court, a psychiatrist... Psychiatrist... Wow. I'm failing. Wow. (laughs) Explains that Norman murdered Mrs. Bates and her lover ten years ago out of jealousy. Unable to bear the guilt, he stole her corpse and began to treat it as if she were still alive. He recreated his mother in his own mind as an alternate personality. This mother personality is as jealous and possessive as Mrs. Bates was while alive. Whenever Norman feels attracted to a woman, mother kills her. As mother, Norman killed two young girls before killing Marion and Arbogast. While Norman sits in a jail cell, mother's voiceover protests that the murders were Norman's doing. Marion's car is towed from the swamp. Hell yeah. Yes. Ugh. Credits. Right? <laughs> the end. <laughs> yeah, this... I think an issue that I have with a lot of older movies is that they seem to go on, like... They they seem unnecessarily long or really slow. And honestly, the only thing about this that I felt was slow was, like, maybe the excessive driving... See, I actually liked that. But yeah, and I I like that's like the only like mild complaint, but they use that to kind of give that what's going on. Yeah. And like it's they, that great nineteen sixties like shaking the car in front of a screen driving too. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, my god, yes. Yeah, I love mm. that. Um yeah, the cop was like that pulled Marion over. He was I don't he could have done a better job. <laughs> I feel like I want to know why he pulled into the the uh used car lot and then just let her drive away. <laughs> like if he was suspicious, like shouldn't he have stopped her? I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, but like 
minor minor gripes like that like cuz it like the the driving scenes it kind of had like that once upon a time in hollywood deal yeah but th- that was like long and kind of didn't have anything to do with the story it was just there to be there and show off look historic hollywood or whatever hey look it's brad pitt wearing a uh, <laughs> polo shirt <laughs> Yeah, but this all all of it or felt Hawaiian shirt. That's what it was. Sorry. Yeah, I don't think the movie like dragged at all. It, no, it, it keeps you engaged really, really well. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a movie from 1960. Um, story wise, it's um, it. I don't know. It, there are worse movies from that era. <laughs> um, fair. Yeah, definitely fair. But story-wise, yeah, I mean, it was... I wish Dave, my co-host, was here. He's an English teacher, and he would lose his shit if he heard me say these words right now, but I'm going to say this. The book is better than the movie. <laughs> because we have a whole run on our show where he tells me how great movies are and or how much how much better books are than the movies in particular jaws where you know my whole argument is oh yeah because the movie sucked you know it's just a big robotic shark and explosions and the book had fucking words um <laughs> but now this is like the character of Marion Crane, and we'll get to the spoilers here in a minute when we get into more of it, but um, she's in the book for the first two chapters. They stretch that out so much to make this movie, but Alfred Hitchcock loved his pretty girls. That's all I'm saying. If you want to watch a really good movie, watch Hitchcock with um, Anthony Hopkins, where it's the it's a it's a movie with Anthony Hopkins playing Alfred Hitchcock making Psycho. Oh, and yeah, it is. Um, it's really good, and you can see what a pervy was. <laughs> I mean, he meets people and says, uh, you know, they're like, "Oh, Mr. Hitchcock," and he's like, "Please, please, it's Hitch. Hold the cock." <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so yeah um no story i i dig the story i i, um, I wish it just would as much as i've seen this movie and as much as i love this movie i wish they would just cut it like from the used car dealership they everything before that can go i just want her get into the Bates Motel, and then Norman being crazy. That's all I care about in this movie. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's really that's With all the really exposition fair. that they gave during the drive, you could have mm-hmm. played that and understood pretty much everything that went on before that. Yeah. Because it was playing like, oh, where did she, like where did she go? No one can get a hold of her. And like if it was just her driving yeah. and doing that, like that would have made a pretty decent amount of sense without like you could easily cut out the that opening 
part. And I really appreciate, though, that the audio that is playing while she's driving is, like, in real time. It's not, like, flashbacks of what she's heard. It's what people are saying about her right at that moment. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Um, One thing that confused the shit out of me for a lot longer than I care to admit. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. I thought that her and Sam were having an affair. That like the way that they were taught, like the way that they were doing stuff in like a cheap motel or a cheap hotel. And they were talking about being married and everything. I'm just like, Oh, okay. So this is like an affair situation. And yeah, like that threw me off like really bad. Like, I I don't think I caught on that. They were both single. Which, yeah, that was a lot of effort for just, you know, a booty call. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you're going to that much trouble and you're going to rip off, what was it? 40 grand from, from your, one of your boss's clients, at least make it a side piece. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not wrong. If you're facing jail time, don't do it as a single person going after somebody that's also single. <laughs> He's like, hey, I got to pay down my debt. And it's like, hey, why don't we move in together and pay down your debt together? But Makes sense Hollywood. Yeah. Once I, yeah, once I understood that they were both single, that like the opening in the hotel like pissed me off. I'm like, okay, why don't you save money, stop paying for the cheap hotel, and meet at one of your guys' places? Because then it wouldn't be as hot. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, it was it was a it was a afternoon delight. This was like a lunchtime hookup. It was like, hey, get a hotel. They charge by the hour. It's right around the corner from where I work. We that can do the sense. <laughs> we can do the hibbity dibbity, and then you can drive back to Fairview or Fairfield or wherever the hell he was in California. I just want to know how much time she was allotted for a lunch break and how much she went over that. I really, <laughs> I don't know why. I really want to know well, that how gives, long the. Man. I don't no, think she went over. I'm not giving Sam that much credit. <laughs> I think I think she she had time to go get a little bite to eat after. <laughs> Damn, Sam. Yeah, like Yeah, so I like I said I thought they were having an affair. Turns out that wasn't true. And I didn't figure that out until the sister showed up and then he was, she knew about it. I'm like, okay, if she was having, if Marion was having an affair or if she was sleeping with a married dude, she wouldn't tell her sister. Sure she would. In the sixties. Come on. (laughs) Hey, come on. Sister Bond goes back ages. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't have a sister. But my wife has a few, and no. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking brother sister bond, then yes. I mean, I tell my. You sister. think your sister would tell you if she was sleeping with a married dude? Hell yeah. 
I'm okay. calling you out Kate, on that. You're no. going to have to message your sister Kate, after this. Kate, no, dude. <laughs> you don't you don't understand the kind of shit that me and my sister talk about. Way to make it weird, dude. <laughs> I know. Okay, not you <laughs> sick ass. Yeah, this this just got filthy. What <laughs> <laughs> made it weird? You're the one being super ominous about what you, you and your sister talk about. <laughs> oh shit. Hey, we're not here to judge, man. Tell us what your sister talks about. <laughs> no, no comment. <laughs> uh, it's geez. fine. It's fine. Uh, Christina, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, but for a movie from the 60s, I feel like this is... There's like certain things that haven't aged well, but I think every, mm-hmm. overall it has. Like it, it, yeah, it, it still keeps has. you interested. It, like you said, like you could have probably cut out the opening part, but I mean, overall it's not that big of an issue no, for me. No, it's not. Um. So what are you guys thinking for a story? Chad, you want to go first? <laughs> um. Uh, story i i'm giving it, it it's it's a solid story um it's there are other elements that make this a good movie um but it's solid i i and, and saying that i've seen this movie more than any other one i'm still gonna give it like a b minus um so about like 80s yeah i'd say like uh uh low 80s low 80s yeah low 80s that's pretty fair that is what are you thinking rose i'm same boat as him low 80s the question is how low how low can you go (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna give it i'll give it 81.7 I'm going to have to pull out my calculator. That is the most specific (laughs) we have ever had. I love it. All right. 81.7. Rose? I'm going to give it an 84. 84. Me? I'm going to meet you guys in the middle. I'm going to go like 82. You little bitch. Whatever. (laughs) Screw you. All right. So that brings it to an 82.56. <laughs> We're gonna get story. it there. We'll uh, get it there. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got writing. I felt that it, this excelled. Yeah, in writing, mm-hmm. especially with Bates. Honestly, yeah. for me. I thought that was, like here's here's where you guys are gonna hate me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm gonna give my number, and then I'm gonna give my logic. My logic here. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a sixty-two point six. Damn. Damn. Um, wow. The script is great. It's got great lines. It's got great moments. I don't think the great lines would be that great if you didn't have the acting that you had. So that's gonna go into the next part. Um, but. You're missing some big chunks out of the book that would have made the movie better. 
granted we can't get those things because it's 1960 um so what 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 are we missing psycho in 1968 got an r rating because the mpaa didn't exist in 1960. it got an r rating because it was the first movie to show a toilet what? And they weren't going to release a flushing toilet in a movie because it was horrible and you couldn't you can't do that. That's indecent. That's why Marion rips up that little piece of paper and throws it in the toilet and flushes it, because then it's a plot point they can argue to keep the toilet in the movie. That's the only reason she throws something in the toilet. <laughs> because they wanted you to see the full bathroom in cabin one or room one of the Bates motel. You had to see the whole bathroom because you know, it's coming. Uh, <laughs> and they were getting flack off the fact you can't show a toilet in a movie. You know, they didn't show a toilet and gone with the wind. It's a bathroom. <laughs> And you, like I said, you got to watch that movie with uh, Anthony Hopkins talking about this because it shows this whole argument with him. And I think, um, what's his name? Um, I can't, I can't remember who plays the guy from the the uh, the studio that's fighting him on this. But anyway, um, no, it's so the toilet thing is is there. But anyway, in the book. Marion Crane gets her head cut off in the shower. <laughs> she doesn't oh, get shit. stabbed to death. <laughs> she gets her head clipped off and that's missing because it shows an even the book Norman is well, sorry, Nora, mama, mother is uh, 120 times more violent and more crazy um but it was 1960 they wouldn't let him show a toilet so you know i don't expect him to show some you know a young lady getting her head clipped off uh in the in the shower <laughs> but you know what? that's fair <laughs> yeah but for um, what he had he did great i um but uh, the writing wise i think i'm gonna dock him for the um i'm gonna dock him on the uh the beginning of the movie and the uh the little left turn they did from the actual uh book but i get why because hollywood but that's all i'm saying fair enough one thing you you pointed out that i kind of like i forgot she she did throw that little paper in the toilet yeah and it's because she couldn't find a trash can. Yeah, how the hell did her sister find paper? Because it didn't all go in the toilet. Yeah. Yeah, but... Because she tore it up and then threw it in there and flushed it, and and some of it went out of the toilet. A second glance. Okay, but have you guys ever tried to pick up, like, wet paper? <laughs> Not really. Like, I feel like that would have, like, dissolved or something. Because she was missing for a week. So she was gone for, I mean, I, I know she was in that 
Bates Motel that full week, but she was yeah. missing long enough for that paper to have dissolved. Well, it depends on what kind, what paper did she write it on? I forgot. Yeah, this is that high quality nineteen sixties hotel stationery. Norman spared no expense when he bought his stationery. <laughs> Mother wouldn't allow it. <laughs> you know what? Didn't think about that either. <laughs> I have seen like letter like my uh when my grandma passed away there was like uh she had a thing in the backyard is kind of like a storage container and she had a lot of letters written in cardstock and that was some heavy duty shit so i i'll let you guys get away with that <laughs> <laughs> well i mean sitting next to me here this is my notebook that i write all my notes when i'm doing my show do you know how much beer i've spilled on this over the past year it's still here it hasn't disintegrated so and it's, well, it's cheap also ass not paper. constantly in the fluid. <laughs> I mean, unless you're just like have a tap above it that's just constantly going. Well, well you know, depends on who you ask. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. Uh, all don't right, tell so me what to do with my beer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rose, what's she thinking? I don't know anymore. <laughs> What's your initial thought? I'm going to go 75. 75? Yeah. Fair enough. I'm going to go a little bit higher, just because I really, really thought that the psychiatrist, his dialogue, was really well done. That was. And I also freaking love the just the last scene with Norman. On I Breaks the Fourth Wall. Yeah. That was really good. Anthony Perkins plays Norman Bates, right? Yes. In another life, he could have played the Joker. With that look? Holy shit. Could you imagine him as the Joker? That'd be insane. Have you seen the... Um. Well, I'll wait till acting. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait till acting. Carry on. All right. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to give the writing just a solid 80. All right. Okay. Just because I enjoyed it a yeah. ton. And um, and the 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 little gem lines from, you know, it's like, well, mother, you know, mother's not quite herself these days. <laughs> 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 we all go a little mad sometimes. <laughs> There's a lot of little lines throughout the movie, and I'm I can't come and think of them at the top of my head. But there's just like little lines here and there. So I kind of knew what like how the story went a little bit because my wife watches uh, Bates Motel or watched mm -hmm. Bates Motel. So mm -hmm. I kind of got like I knew kind of how this was gonna go that he was pretending to be his mother. And everything, and I knew that he like stuffed her or whatever. Um, but there's like little, little lines I feel that he kind of gives himself away. 
Oh, yeah. And just, like, little things. Like, if you know, like, the ending mm-hmm. and, like, just kind of the, the overall story, you kind of pick up on those, like, little tiny details. Those little, like, quick little bits of dialogue. Yep. And I'm... I can't... I have the worst memory on planet Earth um, when it comes to, like, quoting a movie. But just, like, <laughs> little things here and there. You could just when it's mostly whenever he talked about his mother and especially during the dinner scene with Marion in the parlor. There was a lot that he was saying that I'm just like, ooh, I know because she's stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So I ju- I just thought that was really really smart and really enjoyed that. I I enjoy the hell out of like little clips that you can take and be like, "Ooh, see this freaking spoils this if you know the ending." <laughs> like I just I love catching those little things. Um moving on to acting. I'm assuming the Marion and Norman. Then I'll to you on a grade or that one's tough, cause I mean Norman definitely. Marion, we can do Marion. She was a decent part of the movie. She was like in it for a good third, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little. More. I'd say if not half. I think yeah. they took her into the second act, and then. Yeah, the ones that are questionable are the private investigator, yes, the sister, and Sam. Yeah, which I think we can group those together. Okay. So we'll just put yeah. them in like the other category, and then we'll do Marion and Norman. Sounds good to me. So let's start off with the others. So like the PI, um, Sam, and what was her name? Lori? Yes. Lauren? Whatever the sister's name was. Shit. And I just said her name. Gosh damn it. Yeah. Pull up the uh, cast list. Lilia. Lilia Crane. L- Lily? Lilia. Or Lily. Lila. Or Lilia. Lila. I don't remember. I don't know. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so yeah, we'll do uh Lila Crane, played by Vera Mills. Sam Loomis, played by John Gavin. And Melton Arbogast, played by Martin Balsam. All right, so Rose, you want to start? Yes, I want to talk about. I want to first start with Arbogast because the scene where he is um, questioning Bates, and um, just you know, like he he can kind of tell like that Norman's not acting normal. He's kind of like he's like saying one thing, but then he says another. Like he said, like. Oh, you know, like, yeah, no, I, I've never seen her, but then her, what she, uh, like, one of one of her fake names is on his itinerary, or whatever, what, not itinerary, her, his check-in binder, is that kind of what she's called it? Yeah. Okay. The ledger. Um, yeah, yeah that, there I we go. That's the, yeah, that's definitely the um, But yeah, during this whole, that whole scene, just the way that he was, like, questioning him, and, like, Honestly, one of the most intense sequences of the whole movie. I was like freaking like on like the edge of my well, I'm on the edge of my bed, <laughs> on the edge of my seat. <laughs> um, but yeah, like 
I know we haven't gotten to Norman yet, but the Ar- Arbogast alone, his acting was incredible. Yeah, I'll give you that. Norman's a shitty liar. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's trying. Dude, like, all he could have sent... I would have handled that so much... De- like, I paused this to talk to my wife about how I would handle this if I were in Norman's si- situation. I'd be like, yeah, she... Like, I saw her. Um, Like, she came in, she signed in, went straight to bed, that was it. And then left in the morning. Well, we all have our secrets, don't we? <laughs> We're all running from something. <laughs> <laughs> and Caleb, I've seen you under pressure. Yeah, I'm not very good <laughs> under <Yeah>. pressure. <laughs> I am not good under pressure at all. <laughs> so, you know what? I'll give Norman a pass. <laughs> Doing some self-reflecting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, Arbogast, I really enjoyed him. Uh, I will say this, it's not his fault, but the way he falls downstairs is damn near magical. <laughs> and also, considering the, the didn't um, Mrs. Bates stab him in, like, the way it looked, it, she was stabbing him in the torso, but it's actually, uh, when it focuses on him, it's actually he gets stabbed in the head. Like you see blood coming down from his head. Yeah. Okay. It does kind of come down from his head. But yeah, no, I'm with you. The whole him stumbling down the stairs. I'm like, what the hell is this? It was magic. That's what it was. <laughs> it's like he didn't Ugh. touch any of the steps. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's one of those awesome. Uh, that's one of those awesome Hitchcockian you know, pull focus shots as he's going down the stairs. A lot of that in vertigo too. Whenever you get around to vertigo. Yeah, we get that thing awesome. I just want to give him a hundred just for that scene alone. A hundred just for that scene. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's hard to, especially the others. Now, and I'm even going to loop Mary, you know, Marion into this too. Um, it's hard to judge acting from the 60s. There's a reason why there weren't a lot of uh, hefty, we'll say, because that's rude to say fat, but there were a bunch of, there weren't a lot of hefty actors in the 60s because all the actors in the 60s were on a strict diet of scenery. And it, they just overacted everything. <laughs> there was no, you know, it's just, it was like, even her, it's like, here, Marion, I need you to take this to the bank. He's, she's like, oh, right away. I will take this to the bank as soon as I get done today. <laughs> <laughs> They're so articulate in everything. And that's where Norman differs from everybody else in that cast because it's real and it's nervous and it's you can feel his nervous energy in every scene he's in. So I don't know if I can break down all of the acting, but the acting's pretty damn solid in this movie. Um, But I think Anthony Perkins just drives it home. He definitely And Vera Mills is... uh, is good too. 
I think the guy who played Sam was definitely one of the biggest over actors. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, true. And the scene that it shows that the most, I feel, is when he's talking to Norman. Oh yeah. And starts and accusing him of mm-hmm. shit, and then Norman's like, "Okay, you need to beat it." And then he that he basically screws Lila, or yeah, for real though. <laughs> like, dude, you just had to keep pleasant conversation, like some freaking fi- asshole. Some fake <laughs> husband you are. <laughs> Be like, oh, um, fake divorce. <laughs> and I think the only the only scene where. I'm going to give shit to Anthony Perkins on his acting is right after the shower scene when he, and it's just his voice when he's in the, it's like, Oh God, mother, blood, no God. (laughs) It's so stagey. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. For sure. That that part, that part. Um, if you ever want to jump down the rabbit hole, there you can get it at. Um, I think Walmart has it. I've seen it in like their five dollar bin. They've got a four pack of um, all the Psycho sequels. Oh goodness, jeez! Oh, <laughs> it's like one disc, and they just slammed them all on one standard DVD. But. Um, Vera Miles and Anthony Perkins came back for uh, Psycho 2. Ooh, I'm in. Yeah. I'm watch it now. I mean, and that's when they, that's earlier we were talking about, you know, is this a horror movie? Is it a, I would consider it a thriller, but Psycho 2, they straight up tried to turn it into a slasher movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was like, Friday the 13th filmed at the Bates Motel. <laughs> they tried to turn Norman Bates into Jason and it's just it ain't happening. <laughs> okay. I have something to admit because you just brought that up. I get okay. I used to, I, I won't anymore. Now that I've actually seen this movie, I used to think that, Jason and Norman Bates were the same person. I'm going to smack the shit out of you. Dude, no. Like, because everyone kept saying, like, um, that Jason was drowned by his mom. And then, like, and so I was just like, okay, like, was he drowned by his mom? No. No? What okay. is even happening here? Seriously. Okay, so yeah, so someone, so, okay, listen, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Someone told me that. Someone told me that Jason. The reason that he lives at Camp Crystal Lake is because he was drowned by his mother in the in the freaking lake. And so okay, when I started, told you that, I want to go and smack. Okay, yeah. And then yeah. when I was growing, like as I got older, and people started talking about Norman Bates having mother issues, I just thought, oh, so Norman Bates is just Jason. <laughs> and I just yes. pieced together that they were completely different. Do you actually know, like? What happened to Jason? I do, was... yeah, I, I do now. Okay, like I, right. I know the the, the situation okay. now. Okay, good. But like for the longest time growing up, I was just like, Jason. Oh no, <laughs> Norman. Like, because I, I just thought like Jason was the name that someone else gave him because they like didn't know who he was and like I because 
someone was telling me that Bates the Bates Motel show was a Friday the Thirteenth like prequel. Yeah. So I was just like hundred so, percent. So I was like sitting there. I was sitting there watching it with my wife, and I'm just like, "Where? When's Jason get into this?" And she's just, and I think it might have been her that actually like she didn't like correct me or anything. She's just like, "Oh, he's in it later," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> she's I like, gonna "Smack the shit out you." <laughs> she's like, "I love you so. You're so. You're so lucky. You're cute." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was um, like, oh, and then I just like watched it in like blissful ignorance, and then like <laughs> so, one day it just finally clicked with me that I'm like. Oh, they're not the same. Because I was sitting there and I'm like, why would Jason, like, I mean, I understand if, like, Jason was, like, the name of, like, the monster. Like, that's what they called the monster of Camp Crystal Lake. But why would they give him a last name? And then I was like, (laughs) oh, they're different. (laughs) I don't know why, like, because, yeah, like, that happened sometime, like, last year, I think. Where I, yeah, no joke. Well, it's okay. You only saw this a week ago, so it's it's okay. <laughs> You're allowed. Why didn't you come to me for clarification? Because I didn't think I needed any. <laughs> You're watching Psycho the whole time, going, "Where the hell's his hockey mask? <laughs> <laughs> Why is his face so clean? Why isn't it deformed?" Oh, this yeah, must be before. Before Jason had mother issues, and so <laughs> when someone said Norman has mother issues, I'm like, oh, well, there can't be two of them. <laughs> a, an actual closer parallel you could do is uh, Leatherface. There's a closer parallel there. Both characters were based on uh, the serial killer uh, Ed Gein, who uh, killed his mother, and ke- or when she died, he went and stole her body and stuffed it and kept it in the house and slept with her. Um, in uh, IRL, as the kids say, um, yeah, read read an Ed Gein book or drop down that rabbit hole if you want to get into craziness. But uh, yeah, Ed Gein was a crazy dude that did that, and that is who Psycho, the book Psycho, was loosely based on. Also, what Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Silence of the Lambs was based on loosely fantastic and by loosely i mean dude talk to his dead mom (laughs) all right okay i think i know how i got this mixed up now like you you just helped yeah so i think leatherface was was Texas chance i'm asking her he didn't go to captain crystal lake yeah (laughs) okay so i think how i got this confused was someone told me that Jason, like the first rendition of Jason was Leatherface. Leatherface had mommy issues. Norman Bates had mommy issues. So I just was like, okay, so if Norman Bates is Leatherface, then Leatherface turns into Jason. Like that's that, I think that's how I got confused. Because I completely forgot about Leatherface. Do, do you remember who told you this information? I have no idea. I know it was a close Damn friend it. of mine in like elementary school, but... Damn it. I was going to say, yeah. spill the beans, because <laughs> I'm headed to their house right after this. They need help. Yes. Yeah. So much. <laughs> they need a lot of help. Oh, yeah. So, acting. 
Yeah, for the for the <laughs> so Lila, Lila, Sam, and Arbogast. Yes. What are you guys thinking? Combined, all three. Yeah, all I, three of them. I'm thinking seventy-five. Seventy-five. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go seventy-five. I'll agree with you. Um, Dope. Yeah. The- Twenty-five of that is. Um, is uh the detective? Yes, Arbogast. Arbogast was fantastic. Yeah, if I had a rank out of these three, who did the best? Arbogast would be number one. I think Lila did number two, and then Sam did like three. <laughs> Damn, he was, he was the worst out of the yeah, three. He kind of was. Like I felt like I felt he like was there. Lila, yeah, he was I, there. I felt like Lila sold her delivery and her concern a lot better than Sam did. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're not he, right. I feel like he was trying to bring about his own like vigilante justice and it wasn't working out for him. <laughs> and she's just like, okay, just whatever, bro. Like, let me just go find my sister. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So 75. Um, then we'll get into Marion. Who is played by someone? Janet Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. Yes. Oh. Who was all? So is remember. she like the original Scream Queen? Yes. Like officially, I know that. I there think was like... so. Yeah. But I don't do. So do you remember Halloween H two O a lot? Not particularly. No. Do you at least remember that old, uh, that older lady that Jamie Lee Curtis bumps into at the campus? And she's just like, oh, sorry, Miss Tate. I'm, I guess, you know, since it's Halloween, everyone's entitled to one good scare. Yep. That's Janet Lee. That's her mom. What? Yep. Yep. Dude, her mom was hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, so was Jamie Lee Curtis, so. Yeah, she's cute, too. Oh, she's just cute? Not like her mom, though. <laughs> Have you seen True Lies with Jamie Lee Curtis? No. Okay, watch that and then get back to me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's cool that she's <laughs> Do that. like what like what you would consider the original screen queen. Yes. And was that really her screaming in in that scene? Yes. Like, or did it was? Yes. Okay, that's like I feel like a classic horror scream. It is absolutely, and I'm I'm. Now thinking about it, knowing that this is from 1960, that's probably why I think that. <laughs> and one of the urban legends was that they did ice water in the shower to get that reaction out of her, but it's been disputed by her multiple times. So that is all her, all acting. That's amazing. That's insane. She does such a good job. Yeah, she does. I like the way you die, boy. <laughs> Sorry. One of the two you haven't seen. Um, that was a Django reference. <laughs> For their listener at home. <laughs> I had to think for a minute, was that a jab at me or Caleb? And yeah, that's I don't know. Me. <laughs> Just keep jabbing. It's fine. Um, no, it's, um, yeah, Janet Lee is phenomenal 
phenomenal. But since we're in, it, you know, kind of rounding the corner now and coming into the big two, Janet Lee and Anthony Perkins, I think it's safe to talk about the abomination that happened in, I'm looking for a year here, 90 something. What year was that? Damn. Um, damn, son. 98. Um, the when you can't talk about Psycho without talking about the Gus Van Zant remake in 1998. Ooh, yeah, Vince Vaughn. That was had Vince Vaughn, right? Right. Okay. So it was Vince Vaughn and Anne Heche taking these two roles on. It was a shot-for-shot shot remake of uh, Psycho. He allegedly, you know, shot for shot at it. Number one, I do not remember Anthony Perkins visibly masturbating, looking through a hole in the wall into the room. <laughs> Vince uh, Vaughn did that. Nope. Also, wow. after being killed in the shower, I don't remember seeing Janet Lee's butthole, but you clearly see Anne Heche's butthole. <laughs> In the 98 remake. <laughs> I gotta watch because she falls forward out of the shower, ass up in the air, and just saying. <laughs> if you're into that, go pause it. Uh, <laughs> you will see Anne Heche's brown eye right there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I am not a fan of the remake, but... And we'll, I guess we'll get into that with Anthony Anthony Perkins' part. But Janet Lee is awesome, far better than Anne Heche did. And the shower scene is awesome. And there's little subtleties throughout um, that go more into other factors of the filmmaking. But I dig it. Um, and uh, hang on, I got to check my, my sources here um she was nominated for best supporting actress for this that's awesome i think she deserved it mm -hmm. for depends sure on what depends on who she was up against that's that's the thing fair we'd have to look that up yeah um the remake came out in 98 yeah yeah so the same year that halloween h2o actually came out that's unfortunate. <laughs> Dude, we were like, what, two? <laughs> you were maybe three? Yeah, I was three. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Crazy. I would have thought that the remake was like sooner than, or later than that. Yeah, considering like the kind of like late 2000s was when the whole craze of remaking classic horror films really took off yeah but ahead of its time apparently. definitely i feel if they were to remake it now i don't think that they should do a shot for shot no they would have to do like a completely like i think they should go off of what we've heard uh you say about the book yeah um they loosely redid and I, full disclosure, I haven't watched it. I haven't watched the last season of Bates Motel. 
because I know that it contains the shower scene. And I, if I remember right, Rihanna plays Marion Crane. What? And I've yeah. got issues with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, I can't speak to her acting ability. What acting but, ability? But it's, <laughs> it's goddamn. Now, shout out to the kid that plays uh, Norman Bates in that. Oh. He's amazing. Who is um, the same kid that did uh, played uh, Charlie Buckets in uh, the Johnny Depp Willy Wonka? Oh shit, that's him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. He's also in that show, The Good Doctor. Yep. Okay, I knew he was in that one. Yeah. Still but watched his either. Norman. Bates he is plays insane. crazy so well. Shit. Yeah. Man, not really. He doesn't really play crazy. He just, he's broken. Yeah, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. I. You watch Bates Motel and Psycho takes a whole new life it, because it's like this poor kid doesn't know what's happening in his world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is I a whole new take. I didn't realize just how spot on the casting was for Bates Motel until i saw the first like couple seconds of norman bates mm -hmm. when he was coming into the room i'm like holy shit he looks exactly like the kid from from bates motel <laughs> <laughs> like it was damn near spot on oh yeah like got the look just the kind of the physique. the manner the mannerisms yeah. and everything are, are yeah right there damn yeah it's freaking incredible um Anyway, getting back to Marion. <laughs> Skipped a little ahead. Just a little bit. It's, it's fine. Yeah. So what... I think she's definitely higher than the rest oh, of the cast. Down. Yeah. How much higher do you guys think? Rose? I don't know. Because <laughs> I don't want to say... I would, I would put her at... I would put her at a solid. I would give her an eighty, an eighty, and I'd give Anthony Perkins an eighty-five. And the only reason I'm not going any higher than that is because nineteen sixty. Um, fair, you know, yeah, fair, and I can actually agree with this course. Yeah, yeah, eighty and eighty-five. So, I'll give you guys the eighty on, uh, on Marion. Norman's tough because I really enjoyed his performance, and I think he deserves a lot higher than that. <laughs> you thinking like ninety? No, I'm thinking like. Not, I'm not quite at ninety. I'm a, okay. I'm just slightly higher than eighty-five. I'm like eighty. 687. Okay. Probably leaning more towards 86. Just give him that like little boost. <laughs> All right. So that would bring so if we're going 80 and then say 85 that'd be 85 and 0. 0.25. <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy specific here. Way to do math. Yeah, so that averages the 
acting gray to an 80.08%. All right, next up we got character development, which... Yeah, I want to do this. We can just do, like, what we did last week and do, like, the horror movie logic. Okay. Which... Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Seriously, it's not a stretch. No, it's not. You know, like I said, this was based on Ed Gein. This dude did this. His mom died. He dug her dead body up, stuffed it, and slept with her dead body. Yeah. This and come on, it's twenty twenty. This stuff happens. <laughs> Psycho. I think that's what what keeps Psycho going is the fact that it's not that far off from reality for some people. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Damn. So I mean, it's thing. not. It's not Leatherface. It's not Psycho. It's not Chucky. It's not Freddy. This is a dude whose mom died. And he's kept her dead body and talks to it. <laughs> yeah. This it is a Tuesday like... in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think like if we're talking like logic wise, there wasn't a whole lot. It wasn't like a horror house. No. It was nope. people getting caught off guard. Yeah. And there's like a lot of realism that like no one was acting suspicious. No one was like sneaking around. The only thing like logically that I think would have that probably wouldn't have happened the way it did in this film was Norman running upstairs when he was trying to catch Lila. What do you mean? I feel like if he was going to try and make sure that he wasn't going to get caught doing shit, he should have ran straight for his mother. She was upstairs yeah. until the end. No, when Lila was in the house, she well, was no. down in the fruit okay. cellar. Actually, I can definitely understand why he runs upstairs because I don't know about you, when you but when you like first go into a house, that's usually kind of where you're headed. At least I feel. So in his logic, okay, that's the first place that someone's going to check if they're looking for mother. No one's going to think to go forward and think, oh, is she in the kitchen? Is she in the living room? No, she's probably going to be upstairs in her bedroom, considering that's where the window was that everyone sees her in. Yeah, and I think if you um, and if you dig into um, like not that it's canon by any means, but if you go into the TV show, too, it's like upstairs was his safe haven. That was his space. Um, and that's where he always ran to. And so I think that was part of it. Plus, that's where mom's clothes are. So he had to go get dressed up and then come down after. That's a good point. Because okay. he does pop down all, yeah. you know, in his Sunday best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will. I will give you guys that. I didn't really... I don't know. Like, I just feel like if I'm coming in to defend something, make sure no one finds something, I'm going to head straight for whatever it is I'm trying to hide. Mm -hmm. But it does make sense that he would run up because he's not sure how long she's in there. That's true. And also kind of going off the whole thing, you know, like um, 
him believing that he's Norman and his mother, he kind of probably knew that she was hiding behind there or somewhere down there. And so with him being Norman at that point, Norman doesn't do that kind of evil stuff. It's mother that is the one to kill people. So he had to switch into that personality before he could carry out killing her. Fair enough. And I think that's kind of how his logic works too, where he's going to run upstairs because he knows what mother is capable of. So he's going up there maybe to protect her from mother coming downstairs and goes upstairs and, you know, then becomes mother and then goes downstairs and it's just some twisted shit to think about. Yeah. Oh, huh. We can do crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So the logic behind it, I get it. I, 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 I'm going to go as high as I can on this one. I honestly am too. I got to agree with him. I can give you guys that for sure. That one, like, I'm sold. Because it's just... If you're going, re- like, reactions alone, yeah, it is realistic. Like, obviously, the guy falling down the stairs isn't super realistic. Or <laughs> the way that Marion was getting stabbed. <laughs> or not stabbed, uh... I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that really? wasn't like super realistic, but um, 1960. 1960. <laughs> All right, next Vertigo's up. got the same shot in it. Really? Oh, shit. That's 1958. Oh, shit. So. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, speaking of which, getting into effects. <laughs> uh, the effects didn't really age well. They didn't, but I'm going to give you two of the best things in this movie. Watermelons and chocolate syrup. Those are the two best things in this. That get, that ranks this. I'm going to give it a 95 for effects. Um, the sound effects in the shower scene of her getting stabbed with somebody stabbing a watermelon with a fork. That's oh, that's the, that was the sound effect of her getting stabbed. And... Uh, and because it was black and white and fake blood didn't look good in black and white, it was too thin, he used chocolate syrup to go down the drain in the uh, shower scene. Yeah, that so, didn't look well good either. <laughs> watermelon <laughs> and chocolate syrup. It, it, it's funny to me that his issue was that it was too thin. <laughs> because yeah. I was just like, okay, if she's seriously like bleeding out, there'd be a shit ton more blood. And it'd be way darker than that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even know, like, what kind of... I would have just used, like, a colored drink. Or, some, or something that was a little bit better than chocolate syrup. Because <laughs> it well, was just... It was, like, when it, the water running over it, it was just really thin. And it didn't feel like a lot of blood. Like, it just felt like... I don't know. I feel like I've cut myself shaving and bled more. <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, I feel like there's more blood from a paper cut. Yeah. If and if anyone's had a paper cut, which damn near everyone has, those things bleed like a son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that or getting like like popped in the nose. 
I never have experienced that. I have. I'm sorry. A lot. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, I had uh, my youngest brother pop me in the nose. He says it was on accident, but the bastard's a liar. <laughs> so <laughs> Bronson. And then I had Lies. a couple friends punch me at school. Well, they're friends now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but yeah, like I feel like I've whenever I've gotten like punched in the face or had a bloody nose, I bleed more than her. <laughs> she got stabbed like see? a shit ton. I'm just kidding. <laughs> After let's, this episode probably. Let's find out. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to dock for the the blood, at least in my score. Okay. I uh, I have to kind of dock for the stabbing cuz it obviously I not lo- all of the I stabs got I that so much though. The stabbing didn't it didn't even like there were some that you knew did not make contact. But still, <laughs> I loved it so much. Yeah, and then same thing with uh what's his face falling down the stairs. Like that was just a little like eh for me. <laughs> okay. So taking all that into consideration and giving it a little bit of a little bit of help because I know it's a nineteen sixties movie, I'm like in the I'm at like an eighty, maybe seven ah, seventy eight. Okay. So you're seventy eight. Chad, what did you say? You're at? I'll just flip that around and say eighty seven. Eighty seven. Okay. This isn't even in the middle. I'm going to go 85. 85. Yeah. All right. That brings our effects score to an 83.3. All right. The next two are out of 10. So first up, music. Okay. You guys can fight me but for this, but 10. Oh, 100%. 10, 10, 10. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, 10 out of 10. The First, well, I don't know if it was the first, first, but first film score, all strings. The entire score is nothing but strings. Oh, that makes me love it even more. That's so cool. And um, Alfred Hitchcock wanted the shower scene done with no music. He just wanted it to be the stabbing and the water running and the screaming. And... He put a score to it anyway, and when he heard the score, he paid him extra. <laughs> Dude, how awesome would that be? <laughs> and Alfred Hitchcock paid for this movie out of his pocket. Wow. Damn. This movie was made for under a million dollars. That's why it's in black and white in a time when they totally could have done, done it in color. His movie before and his movie after, both in color. He's just trying to save money. But he made bank on it in the end because he said, "You don't even have to pay for pay. I'll pay. I'll pay for it." But um, I get sixty percent of whatever it makes in the box office, and they're like, "It ain't gonna make shit. You can have sixty <laughs> percent." Damn. And it made like fifteen million in its first run, which. Back in the 60s when it was like a quarter to go see a movie. Holy <laughs> shit. Holy, <laughs> holy shit is right. Yeah. Dude. He knew what he was doing. 
Oh, smart though. motherfucker. Damn. <laughs> Dude, when you have confidence in your movie, like, and no one else does, that's typically when you get, like, a freaking amazing film. Because wasn't that, like, I know it wasn't, like, exactly the same situation, but George Lucas, didn't he have a hell of a time pitching Star Wars? Oh, yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and then he, what was he wanting? I think he was just wanting merchandising, like toys or someone yeah. just wanted to get paid in whatever the toys made. I forget who. What though. I find funny, kind of going off like the whole director thing, is uh, okay, I know you haven't seen it yet. Um, which have you seen House of a Thousand Corpses? Oh yeah. Okay. I want to say this is how it went. That Universal uh, gave Rob Zombie money to make the film. But after mm-hmm. they saw like what he made and like how gruesome it was, they're like, "Okay, yeah, no, we can't market this. We're not releasing it." So he had to take it to another. I think he took it to like a couple of studios after that, and finally Lionsgate was like, "Okay, we'll take a chance on it. We'll release it." And made a decent amount of money. Yeah, Could you well, of course Lionsgate's going to take it. Yeah, for real though, <laughs> Lionsgate takes anything. Lionsgate did Saw. God bless him for it. You can have me back when you do the Saw episodes. Uh, (laughs) I freaking love the Saw movies. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So the music is dope as shit. And that's it. It's just the music is awesome. And it's iconic. And it's so simple. It's just. There's nothing to it, but it's everybody knows it. Yeah, I mean, at least nowadays, people are there. People, kids that might not even know what it's from, Mm -hmm. but they know. Yeah, that if you're getting ready to stab somebody, you need to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like same thing with like the Jaws. Like it's just one of those things that you might not know where it's from but you you know it it's true so yeah perfect 10 is more than earns it um next up we got costumes that's a pretty solid well yeah other than the mother outfit that you know when you see norman and drag at the end oh, yeah. um <laughs> can we just talk about how terrifying his face is I don't know yes. if I would have seen this like in the sixties as a kid, I would have had nightmares for the rest of my life. When he came through the freaking door and yeah. just yells, It's Norma. Yep. <laughs> or I'm Norma or something like that. So yeah. <laughs> like I was dude, I was freaking freaked out. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Like if you want to get real uh, film nerdy though with this, and this is like it's not something I ever would have picked up on, but you know, it's one of those film historian breakdown things that I've read and looked at over the years, but um, it's a costume thing. It's very subtle, but it's the transformation of good to evil Um, in the opening hotel scene. Marion crane has a white bra on when she takes her shirt off at the hotel, she has a black bra on and it's supposed to be that, the white of innocence and then it is black when she's you know on the run and shit like (laughs) just the little symbolism things too um and the other symbolism thing not a costume thing but um in 
the little uh the office when they're eating and he has all the stuffed birds around and he makes a reference that she eats like a bird you know and there's all that stuff not surprisingly the next movie that alfred hitchcock put out was the birds <laughs> so <laughs> he was early marketing that shit during this movie <laughs> fantastic genius yeah oh, but yeah it's um pixar level foreshadowing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wait I, i'm and i'm pretty sure that he had a fish tank and and like dory was in there too I'm, <laughs> it all comes full circle it all comes back to disney in the end disney rules all damn right yeah, so I I was fairly impressed with the costumes. I mean, everyone was like a little bit more put together in the 60s. Yeah. yeah. Lots of suits. Lots of suits, lots of hats. Lots yeah. of hats. <laughs> but they made so many so hats. Good. Yeah, but I think Norman like his outfits were really good. Oh, they're mm-hmm. And like the only one I had an issue with was the mother. But that was kind of like a was, character thing. Yeah, it was more of a character thing for sure. But it, if I don't know, I feel like Norman could have tried harder. <laughs> she got a, uh, Have you ever seen the um, Beverly Hillbillies? Either of you? Mm-hmm. Uh, not the movie, but I watched the show. I don't know the way the grandma looks in the, that movie. That's yeah. What yes. That's <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> Oh, love that. Um, I don't know. Personally, I'm like, I'm sitting in the 7-8 range. I'm at an 8. What do you think, Chad? I, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say an, an 8. I, it, it's, it's a costume thing, you know. I'm not a fa- fashionista, fashion, fashionista. Is that it? Sure, fight me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I like the little nuances in there, but uh, it's a costume. It's clothes. We're not doing any big period pieces here. It's <laughs> it's a chick from Phoenix. <laughs> you know why it's set in December? <laughs> Was it set in December? Fun, really? Yeah, the oh, I, one of the opening scenes has a title card on it. It's like December something. Oh, yeah, it did. I didn't catch that. It's a Christmas movie. If we're gonna jump on the ban- Die Hard bandwagon here, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm more likely to watch this than Die Hard during Christmas. when um, so. they did film it in December, and when Marion's leaving Phoenix in the background. Um, there's Christmas decorations on a couple of the buildings. And so just for continuity, they said it and they threw the title card up that said December because <laughs> they didn't want to have to go back and reshoot where you could see uh, the Christmas decorations in the background. That's too funny. <laughs> Swear to God, that's exactly why it's filmed in December that's or it takes fantastic. place in December. That's awesome. Oh, that's too great. You're like, yeah. Do you want to go back and reshoot that? No, nah, good. It's fine. Power of editing. <laughs> it's f- 
Dude, you know that there was an editor that was just like, oh shit, like there's Christmas stuff in the back. And the one guy's just like, freaking got this. And he just typed December. <laughs> He's like, nailed it. Move on. <laughs> All right. Our last category that we're going to grade is the personal score. So we will let our guest take this first. Um, it, it it's always going to be a high ninety for me. I'm going to say ninety five forever. Um, I've grown up with this movie and continue to watch it. I might go bust out my DVD and watch it, to, or my Blu-ray and watch it this weekend. It's a good family flick. It was on <laughs> Thanksgiving one year. I I want to say they had it like one of the like TMC or TCM or Turner Classic Movies, whatever it is. Um, one of those channels on basic cable was running a Hitchcock marathon on Thanksgiving. So it was like, oh, let's watch Psycho and the Birds and, <laughs> and Vertigo. <laughs> awesome. Nothing says I love you and family like Psycho and, you know, birds <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure. love it awesome Rose? near and dear um i kind of wish i would have seen this movie earlier considering that it still really holds up as a cult classic uh acting is great story is great almost everything is great uh solid 90 for me nice i'm on the same bandwagon um and I, like a lot of these movies that we we choose to watch that are like cult classics cuz like we it was the same situation with like pulp fiction when we graded that one um it's kind of like we didn't know why we were waiting so long yeah <laughs> and yeah for sure like this is for sure one I'm going to be watching again cuz I just ugh, I love like what you can dissect from this and like different shots and everything like there's so much even with how old it is it it holds up the story holds up it's interesting and honestly the i think the only thing that dates this is obviously the effects but and the black and white other than that i think this could easily work as a movie that comes out today i feel with acting issues like whatever but yeah overall i think it's something that that holds up stands against the test of time um gosh i'm gonna agree with chad i'm going 95 on this one i enjoy the hell out of this i feel like a jackass now (laughs) i would i would love to see them do a remake of this with the right people vince vaughn wasn't bad um it's one of those things where people were you know shit all over it because it was a shot for shot remake but they took a few liberties because the critics weren't as or the you know the censorship wasn't as bad as it is now um now granted it was the 60s and they fought him on showing a toilet but um (laughs) but it's but you know it's you know you 
turn on the news today and you can see people getting their head lopped off in the street. Um, so they could do that Marion Crane scene, but that's, but the, but the same thing as far as the, they shit on it because it was a shot for shot remake. If they would have done a remake where he just made a movie that happened to have Norman Bates in it, people would have shit in its mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> they wouldn't have shit on it. They would have shit directly into its mouth because they're like, no, this is a this is a classic. This is a piece of American history. You can't have Marion Crane get her head chopped off in the shower. That's what happens in the book, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like I would love to see a remake, but people are going to be pissed, and they shouldn't be. You know, just chill the fuck out and watch a good goddamn movie once in a while. It's fine. It's fine to enjoy a movie. It's fine to not enjoy a movie. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Honestly, I goddamn love Birds of Prey. No. I loved every DC movie there. I said it. <laughs> yeah, we we actually did uh, Birds of Prey and uh, where is it? Let me give it a B. Sorry, spoiler alert. Hold on, I'm trying to find it in our big ass list. Okay, I would have sworn we oh, did it. A, where? It's, a, it's right below Cats. Or oh below yeah, yeah. yeah. We gave it a B minus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if they did ever do a remake of, like, if they wanted to do a more true to the book remake of Psycho, honestly, the only person I would want to see in the role of Norman would be the kid they that played him in Nor in Bates. Motel. Oh God, yes, yes. Um, He's I can't remember which one it was. Fuck, I think it was the third. It was the fourth one. There was. Because they did four sequels to, um, or three sequels, three, two, three, and four. I can't remember which one it was. There was one that they made just for Showtime, and it's in this DVD thing I got for five bucks at Walmart. Um, I gotta track this down now. <laughs> it's um, it's Norman Bates calling into a, a late night talk show and telling his origin story. And they and it's a series of flashbacks, but the kid who played Elliot in E.T. plays young Norman Bates in it. Oh, and <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 Anthony Perkins telling the story on the phone and then in it. And he's like, you know, I'm better. You know, I it's like he just got released from a mental hospital or something. And he's like, I'm I've come to terms with what I was and what happened to me. And I want to, you know, make the world right now and and tell my story. And then as it goes on, you can hear him slowly turning back into Norma. And <laughs> it's, you know, your classic classic movie twist. But God, it's so good. Um, so yeah, highly recommend that I, it, it's, you know, a 90 early nineties maybe. And so it's probably shit now, but, uh, <laughs> like natural born killers, one of my favorite movies from the nineties watched it recently. And I was like, who boy, this is a bad movie <laughs> did not hold up. That's like the worst 
I've ever seen a movie that I love not hold up. <laughs> Damn. It did not hold up. Anyway. Yeah. So average Love my out, psycho. Yeah. <laughs> averaging out out all of our personal grades, it comes to a ninety three point three three percent. And with that, our final grade for Psycho is... I can't really do a drum roll, sorry. A B plus. Yeah, it is sitting at an 87.1%. So, I mean... I'm okay with that. Yeah, so that puts it on... Puts it a couple points lower than The Five Bloods on Netflix... I don't know how I feel about that. Sorry. What you liked it this one better? Yeah. Just my opinion. Okay. Well, you helped me score that, so your fault. I, <laughs> hey, fine. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I can't argue with the Alvaro scores. Yeah. Um, it's a couple points lower than Ready or Not. So everything I'm listing off is movies we've graded as B plus. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, a couple points lower than Ready or Not. Um, same thing. Couple points lower. Wait, than that's that Black recent. Panther. That that's the recent. Um, recent last year, last year horror movie. Dark uh, ready comedy, or ready or not? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Last year, yeah, yeah. I laughed out loud in the theater in the last scene of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> like ugly laugh, just. Bah! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Carry we, on. <laughs> we loved the hell out of that movie. Um, so a couple points lower than Black Panther and the Avengers. As it should be. It is one point higher than Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah. As it should be. <laughs> It's one point higher or one point lower than the Invisible Man, and two points lower than Knives Out. It's one point higher than the Lovebirds. Okay. Ooh, it is like right in line with Parasite. Like if we're if we're comparing, that's like the closest that I feel. Um, it's higher than Frozen Two. Two points lower than Rocket Man. Two points lower than Rocket Man? Yep. Rocket, Rocket Man's the 89. second movie I've ever walked out of in my life. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yep. As soon as I heard Tiny Dancer, I was like, all right, I heard all the songs I wanted to hear. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not what I was expecting, I guess. That's fair. It's a couple points lower than Spider-Man Far From Home. Hmm. Okay, I'm sorry. I got to go back to the whole walking out of theaters. If you don't <laughs> mind me asking, I got to know what the other one is. Drop Dead Fred. Oh, from I the heard 90s. that movie's atrocious. It is. <laughs> And I sat there long. I I stay. I hung in there, just looking for a reason to complain, so I could, you know. And so I finally, it was a, yeah. The air conditioner kept making a 
noise. And the guy's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, this, it sucks. This, yeah, that movie sucks. There's no business being in public or anywhere. (laughs) And then it is right in line with Detective Pikachu. I mean, that's not all of our B plus movies. There's a decent amount more, but we'd be here all freaking day. <laughs> Is that really so bad though? No, it means I don't have to go to work. So fair. See, yeah. So eighty-seven point one percent. Not bad. Definitely not bad. Uh, I think this definitely earned it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um. Yeah. So that concludes this week's breakdown. Um, Chad, would you like to tell everyone where they can find you and everything that you do? Uh, yeah, you can find me every week on the Perfect Package podcast. Me and my friend Dave, we uh, have a weekly theme, and we do five picks each so two hosts five picks and uh we draft five picks related to that theme and then we try and compile all those to make a perfect package so we do like the perfect heist team or uh the perfect uh strip mall it can be anything we did the perfect school lunch one time uh that's awesome uh recently we did um the perfect uh pandemic vacation which ended up not being leaving the house uh we did uh coming up we've got the uh the 2020 music festival that never happened so we're doing the perfect 2020 music festival that never happened and uh and then for the kind of spooky side of things i don't know which order they're coming but we're doing the perfect horror movie which is a sequel to one that we already did earlier in the year and uh we're also doing the perfect haunted house and then a bonus on actually that's coming out on halloween that is the perfect house that's haunted Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but you can find us uh p3show.com is the easiest way to find us we're p3 show across all platforms we do live shows from time to time if you're out on the east coast uh we do those at uh, local breweries and and whatnot and then we whenever we do those we stream them online too and occasionally we'll stream when we record too so check those out yeah that is awesome yeah i started listening to your show as soon as you asked to be on this episode (laughs) yeah 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 and so far it gets stupid it gets stupid Yeah, but so does our shirt. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> I'm wearing I'm wearing a shirt that's one of our shirts. It's got Mozart on it, and it says, "You're not Mozart, bitch." Uh, <laughs> listen to the perfect space travel playlist. That's where that's from. Uh, <laughs> Love it. Uh. But no, I've had a good time hanging out with you. I love sitting and chatting about movies. Uh, famously, on my show is. Um, we get into these big rants because I like things, but I don't necessarily have opinions on things. Uh, and that comes out a lot in this music festival one, because it's like, 
oh yeah i want this person to play guitar why because i like them <laughs> and everybody else is like they're doing this and back in 1960 they did this and this and i'm like yeah i like this guy he's cool <laughs> but when i saw psycho i was like dude i know psycho i love psycho i like psycho and i have opinions about it and i think saw is the only other movie i could probably come and jaw about a little bit and pump up the volume from 1991 that made me want to be a podcaster well it made me want to be a radio guy which is now a podcaster <laughs> <laughs> Because radio's yeah, you're dead. Not wrong. <laughs> Unfortunately, not wrong. it's true. Unfortunately, it's true. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to add Saw to the list of movies that we do. Yes. All, we'll all, all awesome. of the Saws. <laughs> yes. You can't just do one. No. Ooh, we'll have to make that like a. Show Somebody wanted me to come on the show once and do Saw three. I'm like, just Saw three? Yeah. I said, have you done the other Saw movies? No, that's a personal favorite. And I'm like, well, that's my favorite too, Saw 3. But you know, you can't talk about just Saw 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll have to do a showdown episode then. Then that way we get to talk about all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I just need to go through and watch them all again. Dude. Not because I need to, because I want to. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. That's usually my October ritual. Is That's a great October ritual. Binging all the Saw movies, even though I don't consider it a horror movie, just like Psycho. Fair enough. It's like, do you consider Seven a horror movie? No, it's like That's a Jim Psycho. Carrey, right? No, that was Twenty Three. Oh yeah, that's, um, yeah. Seven's right. the one with uh, Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. And that's that's the one. That guy that we can't talk about anymore. Can we talk about Kevin Spacey? And anyway, uh, <laughs> didn't he get canceled? I don't know. <laughs> Have fun editing this. Um, <laughs> yeah, but no. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. I love coming on and chatting with stuff like this with people other than Dave that makes me feel stupid, but. <laughs> Yeah. Don't worry, Caleb makes me feel stupid every episode, so it's okay. I don't do it on purpose because you say stupid shit. Hey, I got it. And people ask how we're still friends after. Yeah. Well, it's not it's not a mutual love of Quentin Tarantino movies, that's for damn sure. <laughs> Gosh damn it. <laughs> oh, shit. But up, bum, bum. And on that note. Yeah. Well, if you like this episode, want to check out more of our stuff, be sure to follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We're everywhere you can find them. If we're not there, go somewhere else. We're probably on that other place. It sounds so rude the way you say it. Does it does sound rude, but it's just, come on. Common sense, people. Uh, all right. All right fair. <laughs> you can also catch all of our episodes on YouTube. Be sure to follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Facebook at The All Bros, Twitter and Instagram at The All Bros. Uh, you can DM us if you have an episode idea, want to answer our question of the week, or if you want to join us. We would love to have anyone on. Uh, you can also email us at channel at gmail.com. Check out our website, tinyurl.com slash theallbros. 
And if you want to get some merch, there's a link on our website, or you can go to tpublic.com slash user user slash the all bros channel which i'm i'm working on something else for merch so fun stuff yeah so yeah so this has been the breakdown of psycho uh next week to continue on with our october halloween festivities uh we will be breaking down friday the 13th yeah boy yeah, which I thought this movie was going to tie in a little better too, <laughs> but <laughs> smack you so hard across the head right now. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, but you guys can look forward to that next week. Until then, I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we'll catch you guys next week. This is so long. Not feeling. Dude, it. what? I'm not feeling it now. You can't freaking break tradition like that. So. <laughs> Long. I'm losing it, man. I'm losing it. Dude. Freaking fail. Dude, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>